This is the 4th and 3 Podcast with your host, Nick Stegger! Welcome back, everybody. We are here with another edition of the 4th and 3 Podcast. Recap. This is the Week 5 Recap episode. Join with me, as always, is my co-host to my right, I do have Andre Elfio. Here, on time, super ready. Yes, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. A lot of games happen. A lot of crazy games happen, especially around the noon o'clock games. Um, and the, the funny thing is a lot of them were boring for the first yeah. half, three quarters, and all of a sudden, that fourth quarter, things really turned on. Spicy. Um, let's start off with the Thursday night game, though. Rams-Seahawks. Rams win 26-17. This is Seattle's first loss on Thursday night since week seven, and I believe this is Russell Wilson's first time losing on Thursday night. I'm putting an asterisk there. You can't, you? you can't say he lost. Like, he was losing, but it's still Russell Wilson. What do you mean? He lost. Yeah, but he didn't get to finish that game. Wow. That's, I mean, what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's an asterisk there. I guess. Like, is there a chance he could have came back? I don't know. Sure. There absolutely was. Geno Smith was doing it. He did okay. He did okay. I, I won't... Say so he played fantastic, but that DK touchdown, encouraging to see still. Definitely. Um, but, yes, the biggest news out of this game is Russell Wilson did injure his hand. He had surgery on Friday and is expected to be out six weeks at minimum. Uh, if you have Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, you're definitely bummed. If you're a Chris Carson uh, fan or Alex Collins fan, that's probably some good news because they're probably going to rely on the run game a little bit more. Uh, but let's talk about Geno Smith because he did not look that bad. I wouldn't say he looked terrible. Like I said, the DK touchdown looked good. Obviously, you don't want to see the interceptions. But to come in cold like he did in in a situation where they had to throw the ball, it was encouraging to see that he was letting it fly. So I think in probably the best position he's ever been in, I mean, you got to be a little encouraged. You're still sitting at, are they 1-4 and four now? Yes. Yes, I mean, I guess they're not really expecting much. But I'm sorry, I'm, they're 2-3. and three. Are they 2-3? and three? Yeah, it's it's not good to see though. Obviously, yeah, and you're you're expecting six to eight weeks. So, DK, Tyler Lockett, you're probably gonna roll him out there still, but probably a time to trade if you can get somebody sell high. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a bummer because Geno Smith did play well, and he's obviously a good enough backup to steal a game or two if needed. But with this extended period of time of Russell Wilson being out. If you're a Seahawks fan, you got to be absolutely devastated because there's no way. I mean, two and three, you got a losing record. You need to get some wins, especially out of the next six games. And you can't tell me Geno Smith's going to go four and two. In no. Those. I no. mean, he's probably going to go two and four and maybe one and five or maybe even defeated. I mean, well, luckily uh, they're in a, a soft division. Oh, they're in a pretty hard division. That's right. They're in one of the best divisions in football. So, yeah, if you're a Seahawks fan, uh, don't expect the playoffs this year. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, your season's probably over. Not guaranteed, but probably. Let's talk about the next game. That was Sunday morning uh, in London. It was the Jets-Falcons game. This was actually a pretty fun one to watch. I don't know if you woke up for it on time. I definitely did. Um, Kyle Pitts finally came out. I mean, nine receptions, 119 yards, and a touchdown. That was huge. Uh, that was just on the screen as, as we're watching the highlights here. So, you know, I'm not trying to brag too much about you my football have. knowledge. Saying, I totally thought you were going to um, get away with that. But hey, the Falcons ended up taking care of the job. They went twenty-seven to twenty, uh, or they won twenty-seven to twenty. And Zach Wilson and the Jets—they didn't look bad. I mean, they, they still looked. It was it was a fun game to watch. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I'll be honest. So this is a situation for me. Uh, I went out the night before, so I woke up on time, ready to watch that game, and decided it's the Falcons and Jets. I'm not going to wake up early for that. So I watched three-fourths of that game. But still, Kyle Pitts, this was the game that you had to show out as your opportunity. No Calvin Ridley, and he did exactly what I think we expected to do. Right? No doubt. Yeah, you expected that. Um, obviously, Cordero Patterson has proven himself to be a guy. Which, he's he's playing the best football he's probably ever played in his life. And, it, and it's crazy. But it, like it made sense. When you saw him with the Patriots as a running back, you saw kind of that efficiency get going. He started to understand it. And I think what he was previously before he put on the weight, like now it makes sense. You turn a gadget guy into a running back, obviously it's not going to happen all the time. But encouraging to see all around. Obviously, the Falcons should have won this game, but the fact that they were close, got to be encouraging for the Jets as well. Yeah, Cordell Patterson is definitely, for me, the story out of this game. It's it's crazy insane because he's doing it from a running back position, but you know what? They still line him up as wide receiver as yeah. well and get the ball that way. Um, granted, now, I think that part of this is just... Uh, you know, part of his emergence is because they don't really have any other options. Game script, you know, too. they have to. Yeah. They're they're basically feeding Cordero the ball because he's the most athletic person on the team right now. Um, I I don't imagine. I really don't think this is going to uh, in for very long. Maybe throughout the season a little bit. I bet he cools down. But you know, looking at next year, I I, I just don't think he's that for real of a player. I think this is again more. Um, uh, a product of volume opposed to him actually being as good as he appears to be right now, because yeah. right now he he's one of the best at his position. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of it's game script too. He's a, he's a passing catching back. who's also big in size, which is an interesting combination, but you saw last week, three touchdowns this week. Again, what? Six to eight carries is kind of his floor. Mm -hmm. So he's one of those guys, especially in a PPR standard. He's still killing it. So it doesn't matter, but they're not going to be a good team. So if you want somebody who is going to play from behind, especially in that running back position, who's going to catch dump offs and can obviously do something with it, that's going to make him fantasy viable. And the Falcons are so bad that that's going to be a common trend. So I hate to say it, but he is flexy every single week, if not an RB2. Uh, definitely as long as Calvin Ridley's out. Um, yeah. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing, though. The one other piece that I want to talk about in this game is Michael Carter. I've been high on this guy since about June. And... Um, he has 10 rushes for 38 yards. He did get one touchdown. He was supposed to have a second touchdown, but uh, they put Ty Johnson in, and he vultured that one. So it's a little bit of a bummer, but this is his first legitimate start as the full-time back, and he more than doubled his carries against all the other running backs. So right now, they obviously do believe in Michael Carter. And uh, as a rookie, I mean, he... I don't know how closely you looked, but he really did look explosive. Um, now, the Jets didn't give him the amount of carries a workhorse back will get right, because right. I think they're trying to number one, be a passing team. And number two, that I think they want Zach Wilson to really catch on. I mean, they have to realize that this, this year is not going to be their year, but they oh, have yeah. to get Zach Wilson reps for the future. Well, they're um, also not a good team. So it's not like they're playing from in front where they can just run the ball to see what they have either. Yep. That's, just, that's true as well. That That's very fair. Um, either way, if you were one of those people that took a, um, a leap of faith on the Michael Carter train, this is some positive news that you want to look at. And, uh, you, you know, the future's got to be bright for you. It's got to be good. All right, next game, we have the Saints and the football team. The New Orleans Saints did win 33-22. They improved to 3-2 while the football team falls to 2-3. and Camara with an awesome game, 71 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, 51 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. Boom. I, I can't 
you know, I didn't 100% say that I called this, but I kind of called this on Saturday uh, after that Derrick Henry Kamara Adams trade. Trade. I, I think this was a secret chat away from the group chat, AJ. But um, between Connor and I, I told them straight up why I think he won is because he got two players that in any given week oh, can yeah. score two touchdowns. Right. And what happened? Kamara scored two touchdowns, and Adams scored a touchdown with 200 yards. I mean. It's it's insane, but those are the type of S tier players that Alvin Kamara and Devontae Adams are. Um, and if you're the Washington Football Team, these are just one of those games where you really can't do anything about it. Uh, Jameis Winston was on, and Kamara was running the ball like, oh my god! I mean, it, it, it was it was beautiful to watch how he was just flowing through the offense. Yeah, I'll say it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more notes on it, but. Well, a couple oh, yeah, sorry, Saints, Saints, football team. I was still thinking where I was talking the last game. No, worth noteworthy, excuse me. Uh, Taysom Hill did get hurt in this game. That is And noteworthy. that is, for two different pieces, very, very important. Number one, Jameis Winston threw four touchdowns as soon as Taysom Hill went out. That's going to be spectacular for him, and I think it's a good thing for this offense. But if you look at the game Alvin Kamara just had, if you were somebody who just traded for Alvin Kamara, or you've just had him, and you're kind of lackluster with kind of how he's been. And not to say he's been bad, but he hasn't been performing like Alvin Kamara has previously. This opens the floodgates. Taysom Hill in, in the red zone is a huge, huge issue for what that team is, and for fantasy purposes only. Obviously, they're going to get in the end zone, but without him, either Jameis is going to throw it like it should be, maybe runs it in, I don't know. Jameis is weird like that. Or it's going to go to Alvin Kamara. So for both of those reasons, him being out, I think, is going to be crucial fantasy-wise. But as a team, Jameis actually looked good. Got to give it to him. Marquez Callaway did some things, and that Hail Mary was good to see. Do you see that? I did see that. That was a beautiful play. Obviously, Hail Marys are they're named for a specific reason, but that game was good. Jameis played good. Yeah, for fantasy purposes, great that he's out. But obviously, for the football team, yeah, bummer. Antonio Gibson, though, two touchdowns. Love to see that, bud. Uh, next game, we have the Patriots and Texans. The Patriots took care of business. They won 25-22. They improved to 2-3 and three in their division, while the Texans fall to 1-4. and four. Um, The no- most notable thing is da- uh, Davis-, Davis Mills? Or is it David- Davis Mills. Davis-, Davis Mills. He uh, threw for, uh, was it 300 yards and three touchdowns? Like 125 passer rating? It was crazy. I will say this. One of his touchdowns was kind of fluky, and I think it added to it. It was just poor defense opposed to, like, an amazing throw. But either way, a lot of these quarterbacks that are greats have these as well. So, you know, if I'm a Texans fan, I'm not exactly happy, but I'm at least a little bit excited because he didn't look like a complete dumpster fire this week, which he had been. Yeah. They were actually leading throughout halftime and up until the end of the game when New England just kept on, you know, they just kept on grinding, and they ended up grinding out the win. And the Texans, they're not a good team, but this is a good moral loss to them like a moral victory you know what i mean right 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 no i got you and yeah for for what the game was i picked up the patriots defense going into the week i felt very very confident with it just based on how davis mills has been playing i think they laid up four points nothing just the the two games that the it's a tale of two stories if you watched last week against tom brady you saw a completely different patriots team now they face a a very defeated Texans team that's just kind of scraping by and they almost struggle with it like that that almost blew my mind but it's a I think Bill Belichick obviously had a, a reason the game plan for that but at the end of the day the best team won it's a team I think most of us would have assumed 
But the Texans, they play grimy in some of those games, and it makes it a little bit more fun to watch. But you know they're going to have the first overall pick. Well, we definitely all got that one right. I know we all picked the yeah. Patriots to win that game. Uh, next game is uh, another shellacking. Uh, speaking of Tom Brady, the Buccaneers did beat the Dolphins. They win 45-17. to The Bucs improve to 4-1, and while the Dolphins fall to 1-4. and um, Good news for the Dolphins is it sounds like Tua is going to play this upcoming week. Yep. Uh, but it's a little bit too late being 1-4. and I mean... You have to basically be undefeated at this point to really make a run. Uh, but if you're a Bucks fan, hey, dude, business as usual. Tom Brady throws for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. Antonio Brown gets two. Mike Evans gets two. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I know he got one. I think it was a rushing touchdown. It was rushing, yeah. It was like a 10-yard um, rush. My question to you, I mean, there's we really don't have to talk about the Buccaneers too much. This, They're awesome. I mean, they're built at every level. But my question to you, AJ, what wide receiver do you want on that team? I, I, it sucks to say, and this is going to be kind of a cop-out, but all of them. Because any given week, like, obviously Antonio Brown, he comes back, two touchdowns. Mike Evans, two touchdowns. Next week, guess what? They're de- the, whoever's opponent's defense is going to game plan to take out Mike Evans. Well, then Chris Godwin goes off. If you're going to take out Antonio Brown the slot and Mike Evans, you leave Rob Gronkowski when he comes back and Chris Godwin. You don't have, like, a winning formula there. But you, like, still because of this, again, Tom Brady's threw five touchdowns. Easily four of those could have went to Mike Evans just because he's a, a red zone monster. So if you're in that situation, having any of them is fine. But moving forward, if I was to have one, it's going to be Mike Evans. Just a touchdown machine. You know, it's interesting. Um, if you're looking at this picture and you're not accounting where uh, a player's value is at, uh, then I think I still want to oh. go with Chris Godwin. Um, value even wise, though, AB. You, you know, that was what I was getting yeah. at. However, if you're looking at value wise for where you could have got him, you must, you, you got to feel great. Antonio Brown has been the steal of the, the draft in this point. Cause he's was averaging, uh, being drafted in the 10th round and he's playing like a one number one wide receiver. Um, it, it's crazy. Antonio Brown is still it. He just broke the record for most receptions ever as a, um, as a wide receiver in X amount of games, current previously held by Marvin Harrison. Ooh, I mean, elite company. You are in, yeah. I mean, he is the elite wide receiver, and and still is. And I think that's the most important thing. Uh, let Let's move on here. Uh, I kind of stuttered on that too much. Uh, we got the Bengals Packers game. This was maybe the most interesting game out of the entire entire week. Now, if you remember, I picked Cincinnati to win this game, and they 100% had the opportunity but couldn't. That being said, the Packers also had the opportunity to win it, and they couldn't get it done until, I think, their third attempt at kicking a field goal. There was five total. Five total back to missed back, field back, goals. Back, back. So, uh, basically, it was a 22-14 Green Bay with the lead. Joe Mixon uh, scores a touchdown, and then they do get the two-point conversion, tying the game at 22-22. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does, or did what he does, and he brought the, brought the team down. Crosby missed a field goal. Uh, since he brings the team down, misses a field goal. They go into overtime. Crosby comes down, misses a field goal. McPherson misses a field goal. And finally, the Packers win with a game-winning field goal. What do you What do you make of both of these teams? Again, dude, somehow the Packers just like win these games, and it's just frustrating because like they shouldn't. They had no reason to win that game, but you can also look at the Bengals and say the same exact thing. If you're both going to miss kicks, of course it's going to go the Packers' way just so Jared can <laughs> do his little noise and be all pumped up. It, it Yeah, it's just, why? 
Why couldn't the Bengals have just made that kick? It's it's uh, I I don't know how to tell you. And Joe Burrow was actually in the hospital that night for a throat contusion. Apparently, he got poked in the throat so hard, might have poked a hole in his throat. But he's out now. He was, well, he's I know out if that was I know if that was Aaron Rodgers, that would have been a fifty yard uh, personal foul and. It would have been an automatic touchdown. You're just kicked out of the league. If you do uh, that, Aaron Rodgers. One more question for you. Are the Packers overrated? Yup. Or are the Bengals bad? No, Packers are overrated. I'm going to stand by that. Again, they're like squeaking out these games. And I am and I know it's, what have you done for me lately? But I still look at week one and you see a lot of their pitfalls. I think they're playing the right teams. They're, they're, playing at, they're playing well at the times that they have to. But I think you saw what happened last week. If they're going to go against good defenses, which I truly believe the Bengals are a top 10 defense, some of those pitfalls are going to show more than others. And, I, again, I've said this a lot, but the Packers just aren't that good. You just have Aaron Rodgers. Yep, I think right now it's fair to say that they are a good team, but they're definitely not an elite team, uh, especially not having uh, Jair Alexander. That obviously hurt them quite a bit. I know – Jamar Chase was having a field day. I mean, he made not, okay. Not only was he having a field day, he also made some really, really impressive catches. True. Um, but but that that's huge, especially. I mean, he's going to be out. I think at least three games, counting Minimum. this one. Yeah. And there's a potential that he misses the whole rest of the season, and that's not something you want to see if you're a Packer fan, if you're a fan of any other team in that division. You're you're feeling pretty great, but at the end of the day, that's not how you want to see the Packers lose. Um, but hey. The lights at the end of the tunnel. That's what I can see. I mean, they're four and one, but come one on, they're not more that good. year. Exactly. One more year. At this point, it doesn't look like they'll, they'll be back. Um, but let's, let's let's move on here. I know Jared will have some things to say on Wednesday. Um, we have the Broncos Steelers game. Called it. Yeah, I called that too. Yeah. Steelers win 27-19. Steelers improve to two and three. Broncos fall to three and two. Um, I will admit, I said that the Steelers are winning depending on whether or not. Teddy Bridgewater plays. He did play, so I didn't 100 call that. But you got the most. You got the, like the best part of it, right? That's true. But either way, the Steelers are they back? No, no, they lost Juju for the season. We'll we'll talk about that on Wednesday more. Apparently, there's like some weird stuff with how that came out. But no, I like the Steelers just aren't good. Najee Harris has still been a, kind of a shining light there with such a bad offensive line, but he still continues to do. The work that we thought he was. And he's honestly better than what I thought he was going to be. But for, for a Steelers fan, for the Steelers community, you guys are in a similar boat where it's you're going to win a couple games, just don't expect the playoffs. Yep. If you drafted Najee Harris, you got to be feeling pretty good because uh, he does look like to be all that and a bag of chips. Uh, so you're not feeling bad about that. But what you do got to feel bad for is Big Ben still doesn't look amazing especially not the Big Ben we grew up with. No. Um, So that's ultimately going to limit Najee Harris's point totals. If he was very good, I mean, this is basically like watching Le'Veon Bell again. However, that's not the scenario, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have to figure out something to do at quarterback because I don't think Ben will be back next year. And if he does, I mean, do you even want him back? No, you definitely don't. And and at the same point, if you look at the the line that Le'Veon Bell had, ooh, that's very, very different compared to what they had now. Let's talk Titans-Jaguars. The Titans beat the Jags 37-19. Titans improve to 3-2, and and the Jaguars fall to 0-5. Derrick Henry, once again, with another three-touchdown performance. Just a beast of a running back. We all called this. The King was going to take care of business, and he did. Um, 
my question for you with the fifth loss is Urban Meyer, after everything that's gone on, is he going to be the coach next year? No. I don't think so. I don't either. think he's going to be a coach at the end of the season, to be honest. Like, I think they've really run themselves into a situation that is, they're not getting out of it. Like, it's a national spectacle. Not only that, but you have the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence, and Shad Khan does not want to ruin that. So if you're looking at the situation, the debacle that has already unfolded in front of us, there is no reason to keep that going. I think you got to cut your losses as soon as possible, move forward accordingly. Uh, but, I mean, the Titans weren't a team they were going to have maybe that first win. Like, we agree, Derrick Henry has ran for, what, seven touchdowns in the last four games? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like you basically only had to stop Henry and load up the box because A.J. Brown – didn't do anything. He's not 100%. Didn't do anything. You're right. And Derrick Henry just ran like a madman. Yeah. Like I said, 250 yards in his last two games. But that's that's what you expect from Derrick Henry. 2,000 yards? Probably. Let's move on. we got a couple more games here. Uh, we do have the Bears and Raiders. The Bears beat the Raiders. They've improved to 3-2. and two. The Raiders fall to 3-2. and two. The Bears win 22-9. Justin Fields looked pretty darn good. you got to be concerned because he did injure his knee. He was out for a series, I believe. Um, and they're talking there's potential that Dalton might start this weekend because of that. Now, I'm guessing that they're going to roll with Fields, but what do you take out of this game? Uh, Raiders, you have to get Darren Waller more involved. Stop forgetting about that, man. Um, On the flip side, this is such a Raiders game to lose. As a team where you kind of expect them to come out, show out better, it's such a Raiders move. But if you're a Bears fan, they actually looked good. Um, Damian Williams had a good game. Damian Williams did have a good it's, game. It's one of those where you're like, okay, that's that's encouraging. Again, the the Fields issue, that's going to be an issue, just like it sounds. Uh, but I think the Bears are going to be still a middling team. But I think Justin Fields moving forward, I'm a little bit more optimistic about after seeing his last two weeks versus his first start. I got to tell you one thing. Well, first off, his first start, I 100% blame on Matt Nagy and yeah. not calling the proper game for his quarterback's tools. Um, next thing I want to talk about is that Bears defense. Now, it's yeah. not the elite defense that we knew from 2017, but it's like just one step away. Uh, their secondary still has some holes, but their front seven is ferocious. And they played this game without Akeem Hicks, which is arguably their best defensive player. I mean, obviously the the, the easy is Khalil that. Mack, but no, I'm not kidding. Akeem Hicks oh, secretly might be their best. Um, and they, they, they took care of business without this. I mean, the Raiders offense was on fire and they held them to nine points. As a Vikings fan, I'm worried, and I mean, I said this last week, I, I believe in the Bears. I think they're a lot better than a lot of people thought they were, and definitely better than a 2-2 two and two team. That's why they improved to 3-2 and two against the Raiders. Uh, next game, this was a shootout of a game. We had the Chargers and the Browns. The Chargers did win in the end. Uh, they improved to 4-1, and one, and the Browns fall to 3-2. and two. Chargers put up 47 points, and the Browns put up 42. Now, this is one of the craziest games out of this week, especially since the Vikings defense just held the Browns to 14 points. Right. And really, it was one touchdown and some field goals. Yeah. Honestly, Justin Herbert is legit. He is the number one fantasy quarterback coming out of last week, like 42 points. But not only that, but Mike Williams is just emerging as that first-round talent that they thought they that he was. And on top, Austin Eckler has just shown out to be a beast. Uh, I think the Browns' defense, obviously, I'm not even going to say got exposed. They were just against a very, very worthy opponent. And this could be the AFC Championship. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a chance. Very well could be. And if that's the case, I am all for it based on how that game ended up. But 
Mike Williams, beast. Justin Herbert, monster. Austin Eckler, very, very good. But Nick Chubb ran for And Kareem Hunt. And they Kareem both Hunt. had field days. I know Nick Chubb ran for like 160 yards, something like that. Don't forget to check your fantasy teams, guys. That's Don't what that alarm was. forget it. We're getting ready here. Uh, but no, obviously very encouraging to see on both sides. Yeah, I'm excited for what the future holds. Yeah, I, I am too. Uh, I, honestly, if, if I had to start... You know, other than Mahomes, if there's any other quarterback that I'd want on my franchise at this point, how can you not pick Justin Herbert? I mean, he looks just phenomenal. I know Josh Allen is amazing too, but Josh Allen took a couple years to get going. Herbert is just, it's unbelievable. Go. You know, it's it unbelievable. Is. Imagine uh, if they get like a really good tight end. Ooh. Like a, like a Pitts, even, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to say. I was like saying, a Dawson got, Knox. Like, ooh, a Dawson Knox would be good. <laughs> But even that's an emerging talent. But you love to see that. We'll get to it. You do love to see that. Next game, we do have the Giants and Cowboys. The Cowboys took care of business. They improved to 4-1. The Giants do fall 1-4. Um, first off, Trayvon Diggs with uh, his f- sixth interception. Sixth interception. Sixth interception in five games. That's pretty darn unreal. Bad news for Giants fans. They did lose Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay. Also, I believe, injured his knee. It's just not their year again. Look and? towards the fear. Look towards the future. Who else they lose? I don't know. Who else? Saquon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That Friggin was huge. Friggin' Saquon. Low ankle sprain. Expected to be out a couple weeks here. Um, it was just not the Giants' game, especially in a divisional matchup. No, no, it's not. Um, but you love to see it for the Cowboys. Honestly, this is a Zeke year. I think Zeke took that to heart. Not to say that Tony Pollard is gone, but Zeke is really playing to the Zeke standard that he was two, three years ago. I agree. I so mean, he's phenomenal. It's, and it's very, very competent. He's running so hard. He's just running through people. So you're looking at the longevity, but that's the beauty of having Tony Pollard is he's not taking the the 30 runs a game that Derrick Henry's going to have. So it's very, very smart play. I think Cowboys are legit. Giants, after that game, you just lost a ton of pieces. Good luck. Yeah, good luck as well. And let's not forget... Where okay with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, where would you rank them as a running back duo? I still put them behind Chubb and Hunt. Ooh, I would. I'd put them two though, right there. I mean, it, it obviously, and you're taking this. What have you done for me lately? And I've said that a couple times now, but at least in this one A one B, like looking at that situation, not even just who's your backup, like who can come in and actually six, eight, ten touches a game on top of you. I'd put them two. I'm not going to put them two, but I'm definitely putting them in the top five. Who do you have two? Um, I, I don't know 100%, but I'm not going to just crown them at number two. Fair. Uh, I mean, there's quite a few other teams with awesome running back duos. Um, Minnesota Vikings say one of them, you know. Um, Alexander Madison doing pretty darn good, especially with the offensive line we had to work with. But let's 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 not go off track. For here. another day. Um, we have the Cardinals and the 49ers. The Cardinals won 17-10. They improved to 5-0. and 49ers fall two and three. Trey Lance's first start ran for over 160 yards. He did injure his knee though, so that's something to monitor. Uh, last Wednesday, AJ, we talked about teams were buying or selling, and I believe you and Jared bought on the the Cardinals, and Jake and I were selling on the Cardinals. Let me ask you a question: After only putting up 17 points against the 49ers at home, does your stance change at all? No. If anything, I would double down. That defense is is very, very good. Obviously, yeah, maybe they didn't put up 30, 40 points like they would typically do, but they're all also playing in a divisional game where anything can happen. Ask Jared. Loves that stat. But to still pull out a win, yeah, maybe you're playing a rookie, so you wish your defense 
But again, it's a tight game. You love to see it. D Hop looked good. Somebody benched him. Nate benched him. Uh, Steve benched him. Steve benched him in favor of Hollywood Brown. I guess we're gonna see how that turns out. We are. We're we gonna have see how one that turns game out. going tonight. Baltimore Ravens, Indianapolis Colts. It's starting pretty soon here. But cards, you should have won that game. You did win that game. Good for you. All right, let's uh, breeze through a couple more games here. Um, Sunday night football. This one probably won't take that long. We have the Bills at the Chiefs. The Bills really just gave it to the Chiefs. They won thirty-eight to twenty. They were almost scoring at will. Bills improved to four and one. The Chiefs fall to two and three. This is huge. Tell me what. Tell me your takeaways. All right, number one, told you so. I well, said, I also picked the Bills. I said the Bills would win by minimum 10 points. I don't think I necessarily you, you ag- can, decide against that. That's the beauty of the podcast. We can go back and listen to it. But I said they would win by at least 10 points. This can be a statement game by the Bills and Josh Allen. And honestly, kind of happened the way that I thought it was going to. Josh Allen and the Bills are just unstoppable. And that defense is actually looking like the defense they need to win a Super Bowl. And all this means for me, Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. Or not Chiefs, Bills are winning the Super Bowl, for sure. It's my lock. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. The Chiefs' defense is on a historic pace for being the worst defense ever. Yeah, it's really bad. It is awful. Um, and, And Josh Allen is just, oh, man, he is so fun to watch. Not only will he run the ball with authority, but he can just chuck the ball i mean he leads receivers that pass to emmanuel sanders that was a cannon i mean i mean he threw sanders into the end zone it, it's gosh i wish i was a bills fan at a time like this i haven't been this shy about it hashtag but I, no one's ever said josh that. allen has the strongest arm in the nfl i i i think that's at this point guaranteed like you can <laughs> you can no literally yet. watch him throw it with just like the flick of the wrist and it's going 60 yards me not an athlete, obviously. That's why I do a podcast. I could chuck it. I don't even want to say how far I could chuck it, but you're going to see full effort, like my face wincing. You're going to see some effects. Josh Allen could throw it 40 yards from underneath his leg, upside down, with with no problem. I'll tell you one thing. You're definitely worried if you're a fantasy owner of some Chiefs players. Kelsey, at the end of the game, goes down with a stinger. Um, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, he hurt his knee, was unable to return to the game. He's out for a couple weeks. And Tyreek Hill also injured his knee. That's basically their whole offense. you got to be disappointed. Someone pick up Pringle. He can pick up the pieces, but No, hardly if anything, but they still haven't shown like a lot of interest all. in him. It's crazy. Well, Pringle scored. Sour cream and onion. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Bills win 38-20, and they move to 4-1. and one. They look like the team to beat in the AFC right now. And quick fact, obviously we're going into fantasy waiver wire order. Hopefully, by the time – I might do this tonight, but if I didn't, hopefully you got Daryl Williams on your team by the time you listen to this podcast because you're looking at probably four to six weeks for CEH. Yep. It's still the Chiefs offense. You want those red zone touches, hopefully you got them. All right, we got uh, two games left to talk about. We're going to start with your game, AJ. We got the Eagles-Panthers. The Eagles did win 21-18 in a thriller in the fourth quarter. They improved to 2-3. and three. The Panthers fall to 3-2. and two. Tell me your takeaways. All right, I'm going to start with a quick little story. So I saw today that some random verified person on Twitter tweeted out that if the Eagles somehow managed to win this game, that she would walk to California rent a kayak, and then row a boat to Guam. Guess what had happened? So, of course, the Eagles just retweeted the the living heck out of that thing. Love to see how that turns out. But, no, 
Honestly, I think the I think the Panthers lost this game more than they than the Eagles won it. But at the same time, Darius Slay crushed it. DJ Moore is a very very good wide receiver at this point. Held him to maybe forty yards. Darius Slay got two picks. Steven Nelson on the other side gets a pick. Not used to that happening. So the defense actually showed out. But I don't trust Sam Darnold that much. So I'm not going to put a bunch of points in our defense saying, "Oh, we just fixed it. We're really good." But it was good to get one of these wins. I think we could have maybe won one out of the four of our next couple of games. We play the Bucks on Thursday night. Maybe we get a little bit of energy to put up like 10 points in that game. You but never I, know. You put up 30 against the Chiefs. That's also true. Bad and they're a bad defense. The beauty of it is teams aren't known to run very well against the Bucks, And the Eagles aren't known to run at all. So I guess maybe that'll be interesting to watch. But as a Jalen Hurts owner, way to come in clutch. I still don't believe in you that much. But you have me for another game, sir. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was a interesting game. Um, they did not look good throughout the first three quarters. I think they were down by 15 points. It was rough. Um, but they came back. That defense kept you in it. It's good. It might not be great, but it's good. Um, Darius Slay proved that he can still play. Granted, he's still not the lockdown corner he once was a few years ago. He's still a high quality player, similar to I would compare to Patrick Peterson. Yeah, you know they're still they're they're not by any means. I mean, they're over the hill, but they're not bad. But they know the rules of the game. They know how they got this experience. Works. Like that's know? the beauty of being in older corners. Like you've seen it all. You're kind of developing strategies, but obviously, younger players still always learning. Also, Nick Sirianni, I don't think you're a very good coach. No, I'll say you've lost all confidence. And uh, yeah, I'll say I'm looking forward to whoever our coach is next year. Hopefully, hopefully for me, Eric Bieniemy comes in. Uh, one last game on the docket. You guys all know what this is. This is arguably crazier than the Cincinnati Packers game, but it was the Vikings-Lions game. The Vikings squeaked out a win at the very end. They improved 2-3. and three. The Lions do what Detroit does, and they fall to 0-5. The Vikings win 19-17. I've got a lot of things to say. AJ, any takeaways before I go? Yeah, so far it seems like they're very similar to my Dynasty League. I'm also 0-5, and, and it's just a trash heap. So I understand. But Quintez Cephas did break his collarbone in this game. So I'm pretty sure he's done for the season. Yep. But Kirk Cousins, clutch again in those last couple moments. I don't know if it's a Vikings thing, if it's just like they wanted to win this game more, or if the Lions are just they're just that bad. But the way they demanded that that last 37, 37 seconds, something like that-ish, spectacular for a Lions fan. Seeing Dan, Dan Caldwell. Campbell? Campbell? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. I knew that. Uh, but yeah, he actually cried after the game in his presser, and I felt really bad. I saw that too. Like it's That's tragic, and I understand. If I was a Lions fan, I'd probably be crying at my home too. Like You guys wouldn't see me for two days. But as a Vikes fan, love to see that comeback. Spectacular. I watched it with you. It was great. What are your thoughts? Well, with, I'll start that uh, Dan Campbell presser. If I'm, a, if I'm a Lions fan, obviously you're devastated with how that happens, especially two times in five weeks. Two times in three weeks, really. Um, you're, you're devastated, but seeing Dan Campbell's reaction, I would be happy because number one, it looks like he actually cares about the team. Um, and they've had a lot of close games. I mean, they're close. They're not, they're not there, but they're close. You lost so, on a record breaking field goal. Like, you know, last you gotta, week you got to look at, uh, well, it was, it was two weeks, right? But, but I get your point Whatever, yeah. I, either way. I mean, it seems like Campbell is invested and that's what you need, especially with their, uh, not only coaching carousel, but, I mean, they haven't done anything in like five years. Um, 
lot a lot of disappointment over there in the Lions fans. But also, you know, yeah, the Vikings won, but a lot of disappointment here too. Uh, I've, I've been listening and reading everything about the Vikings I could up until you know, you know, from that win till this moment that we're talking about this podcast right now, and the, the feelings are so mixed. They're so mixed. Most Vikings fans are like, "Oh, we didn't deserve to win this game." Blah blah blah. They're still bad. Fire Zimmer. The other half is like, "Hey, we went down in that thirty seconds and won the game." Now, personally, I'm on that side. Now, wins a win. It shouldn't have gotten down to that point. It really shouldn't have. But you got 37 seconds left, and you just let Kirk throw the ball, and he did what good teams do. He brought the team down, and we hit the game-winning field goal. Greg Joseph, awesome job hitting that 54 game winner. So but I gotta tell like- you, I gotta tell you, when it was 16 to nine, and the TV froze. <laughs> and all of a sudden it unfreezes and the Lions have the ball at the 20 yard line. I, I like to consider myself an optimist. I think I just, I'm very optimistic about most situations. Again, I but, apologize for my Wi-Fi. But I always assume the worst immediately. And when that screen resumed and there Detroit is on the 20 yard line, this is literally the thought in my head. I thought they're going to run the ball. They're going to score a touchdown. They're going to go for two and they're going to be up. 18 or 17 to 16. Yeah. But you know, as soon as that thought goes through, goes through my mind, like I told you, I'm optimistic. So I think, well, that's probably not going to happen. Even if they do score, they'll kick the extra point. It'll be a tie game. We'll at least have a chance to go down and win. And I could, it's like, I could not believe it. It was almost like I told myself a prophecy watching Deandre Swift score that touchdown. And then they th- they're all of a sudden they're in two point <laughs> conversion. Oh yeah, they they line up for the two point conversion. I was just I just couldn't believe it. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I was so I I couldn't even tell you my my, my emotion. It was an emotion I didn't even know. It wasn't necessarily anger. Wasn't necessarily sadness. It was just like a what what is what Suspense. am I watching? You You're know, like, it's like is this happening? is a bad dream. So they get the two point conversion. They go up seventeen sixteen. I'm just like, I can't believe this game. Like I, I, you know, I'm like, it's over, it's yeah. over. We have thirty seven seconds left with two timeouts. I'm like, what are the odds that this doesn't happen to the Vikings? You know, the Vikings don't go down and win these games. But they got down there, and Kirk lined them up, and he brought them down to the thirty some yard line for a fifty four yard kick. Gorgeous. Spike that ball. Three seconds left. And here comes Greg Joseph, and there was like you seven, saw me. I got out of my... Yeah, there was like seven seconds left, and he was taking a while to spike it, and you were like, spike the ball! And he's like, you only leave time left. You're like, I know! Well, it was more than that. I wanted them to get another playoff. Oh, not enough time, especially with no timeouts left? Well, there but was like you, four... I when, that, when I think it was Thielen that made that clutch catch, there was like 17 seconds on the clock. And they brought they rushed up, and there was 14 seconds left as it was ticking, and that's why I was like, spike the ball. I got you. But then... You know, they leave it up to Greg Joseph for a 54-yarder. Get up out of, that ki- out of the chair, go behind the couch, watch it. Sails right through the uprights. I could not believe it. You'd love to see it, honestly, and that's what you need. I stood there behind you. I was like, I got to push some Eagles luck. And not that we're good right now. But we've had some okay kicking luck throughout our time. So I was trying to give you some energy, hit it, high-fived. It was an excellent high-five. Either way, Vikings win. This rest of this week is, I don't care what happens, it's going to be a good week. And it's been a good Monday for me. Um couple things I want to talk about, though. They definitely need to fix the play calling. Way too conservative. And granted, they kept pushing Alexander Madison 
in the run, even though it wasn't succeeding. And for the first three quarters, I was like, yes, this is fine. Stick to the game plan. We're a running team. Get through it. But once the fourth quarter came and we're only up by a touchdown, it's like, okay, let's let's do something else because we need to ice this game. And yeah. no, we just keep running the ball, and the Detroit Lions kept stuffing Alexander Madison. And it was frustrating. You know, Even if Cook was there, I don't think much would have changed. They just kind of dominated our O-line there. Um, so I don't know who's calling plays. It's I mean, I do. It's Clint Kubiak. I don't know if it's Figure him it keeping with the run or if it's Zimmer saying, hey, you have to keep running. Either way, frustrating. And uh, something's got to change there because Kirk obviously can throw the ball, and I think they should give him more control of the offense like they do with you know Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and all the other greats. Sheesh, that's a hard comparison. But either way, I have yet to actually watch Carson Wentz play a game this year. I'm not going to lie for this Monday night game i'm very excited to see how he plays it's not been good i'm not gonna say he's lit the world up and say he got some team issues either way but i'm very excited to see how this goes vikes honestly yeah i wish you the best of luck honestly you guys still have a chance hey if we beat the panthers go to the bye three and three it's a whole new season i feel that i'll say we're two and three we need one more win but i don't think we're gonna beat the bucks so it's probably gonna be a, a rough season but nick did beat me in fantasy so i'm gonna cry myself to sleep every night for the next five days until uh well i guess four days three days yeah and then i'll cry again on thursday when we get blown out but from aj thank you guys you bet your host is five and oh this is next time